I'm Christine Russo, and welcome to What Just Happened. Today, we welcome Assemblyman John McDonald to talk about retail organized crime and his bill. Yep, <laughs> welcome. Yes, <I> <laughs> yep. Welcome to What Just Happened. Let's talk about the bill that you have in place that's on the governor's desk. It's been through all the other committees and votes, and it's about creating a retail organized crime task force. Correct. It sounds simple. It's really not complex. But it recognizes the fact that in New York, but throughout the country, this is not just a New York phenomenon. This is a $100 billion problem throughout the country, $4.4 billion here in New York of organized retail theft. And basically, the task force, which has a period of time, it's almost a, a one and a half to two year period to come together and put together the thoughts and ideas, it's made up of both the governor's appointments, but there's restrictions, needs to make sure there's somebody representing that's chosen or recommended by the retail council, making sure that someone is chosen or recommended by the retail wholesaler, retail and wholesale union, the, representing the employees because their voices need to be heard. So you have employers, you have, you have the employees, the leadership in the assembly and the Senate, both Republican and Democrat. That's a change I made to the bill. Before it was only the majority members, which would only have been Democrat. I wanted to make sure everyone's at the table, Republicans and Democrats, they have appointments. And the bottom line is there to look at this whole phenomenon and work with the attorney general who has an appointment, to work with law enforcement who has appointments, to identify what is it that we can do better. Far too often, on issues in general, public safety, public safety specifically, we have a lot of talking past each other. Oh, it's a local level. Oh, it's a state issue. It's a federal issue. It's a county issue. Well, you know what? Let's get all the players in the room. Let's get them organized. Let's try to address this because at the end of the day, the initial reaction is, geez, it's unfair to the businesses. That's true. Jesus, it's unfair to the taxpayers. Most of these individuals aren't stopping at the register saying, let me give you my 8% sales tax. That has a major fiscal impact. It's a $4.4 billion. That's almost $380 million in sales tax revenue the state has lost, and so the local governments. It's not fair to the employees. Those are the ones that I added to this bill. When I, uh, Mike, Mike Cusick, who's from Staten Island, actually had the bill in the past. When he left, I took over the bill. And I said, let's add the employees. Make sure that they're the ones who are on the front line. They're the ones probably making just above minimum wage that are watching this and they're in the middle of this process. So it's unfair to them. It's unfair to the, the consumers, the people who shop there. Let's try to figure out what we can do better. The need for a task force is that is a necessary step. And some states have them already. New York State does not. You have reformulated this from the prior um, person that had it. And the state needs it in order to backfill policies, procedures, uh, criminal well, changes. It, it, yeah, it, it's helpful. It's very helpful. It actually raises it to a level of statewide recognition. Uh, from my perspective, you know, it, is it an awareness issue? Sure. Even though I think most people are pretty aware of it. When they walk in, to a local Dwayne Reed and their toothpaste is locked up, you know there's a problem. However, I think raising the awareness, getting everybody focused on it, 
is important. And at the same token, that should not preclude other well-researched efforts going forward, because we should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time on this issue. Uh, the US Chamber of Commerce, the Retail Council, Chambers of Commerce is in my area, have been circulating a lot of documents on this. And you're right, there's a couple other states that have done this. It's been productive. It's helped get people hyper-focused hyper or laser-focused on the proper solutions. But more importantly, it's and this is what's a key missing element in government today, it's got everybody talking to each other, trying to work in the right direction. And as you know, whether you're following it sometimes at the local level, at the county or state level, and definitely at the federal level, it just doesn't look like people are trying to work with each other. It looks like they're working against each other. Well, it's glad, I'm glad to hear that this is a bipartisan initiative um, process, I should say. The initiative is yours, but the, the, um, the invited participation, it's a bipartisan partic participation, which I think is very valuable and gives it more efficacy. You've got other people who helped craft this bill or at least participated, the US Chamber of Commerce, the Retail and Wholesale um, Workers Union, the Retail Council. Do you have, did you have retail businesses, some of the enterprise well, businesses? The, the Retail Council is probably the largest member-based organization throughout the state, so yes. And the other part, which the task force references but doesn't highlight too much, we also got to make sure that, you know, the state's attorney generals know that there's federal laws out there, particularly with online commerce. I was on a webinar for about organized retail crime and a key dis member of the panel was a person from Homeland Security, which surprised me. And I think it would surprise people listening to hear that this is actually at the federal level. But one thing that was apparent and I made a, I, pose the question is everything is reactionary. So it shows up on, it shows up in those selling platforms or in someone's home and they are singing and rating and catching and breaking down those, those rings. It's, it's just so all over the place and so rampant that the way that they're stopping it is by stopping the sale of, of it's almost like, it's almost like drugs where you're catching it once it's in here and it's you're not as good as preventing it from coming in. So Governor Hochul has to sign this by the end of the year. And if not, what happens? It dies? What, what, walk me yeah, through actually, the, the governor has until the end of next week, so the day after Thanksgiving, to sign the bill. So she will either sign into law, which is called a chapter, or she'll veto it. Usually when it's vetoed, um, there's a message on the reason. Hopefully that's not going to happen. I don't know. I don't I've had conversations with them. I think the only concern that comes up is there's a feeling, and once again, the governor has only been in office. I mean, really, she, this is her first full year as an elected governor. I know that one of the expressions from her or her, her staff has been, I don't know if we want to wait that long to do a study. We need to do something now. I will not disagree with that comment. The question is, what does that mean? So, you know, is it action? If it's action, what is that action? And let's make sure it's realistic because the legislature is its own creature. Sometimes things don't move as quickly. That's why the study is helpful because we can point to evidence and science to help provide a, a way forward. So we'll see where it ends up. You know, I'm doing my part. I've been 
talking to the governor's staff about it, making sure they understand the intention. And the issue is the same, whether it's New York City or my little hometown of Cohoes of 18,000 people. You have people walking in, stealing things in broad daylight with absolutely no remorse or not even an afterthought that this might not be acceptable. We got to deal with this. And we have to make sure that the employee on the front line is safe. That's, to me, turning out to be a more critical aspect of really a lot of different issues. Okay, let's spend the next, the last couple of minutes talking about the safety factor. As I mentioned, the senator wants to make it a Class D felony in just the same vein as other essential workers. How do you argue again? This is not how do you argue, but how does one argue against it was okay that you were an essential worker during this one period, but you're actually not for this other request? Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, the, the intention of Senator's bill is laudable. And quite frankly, no one disagrees with this. We, the, the challenge is, is it going to have an impact? We've made these changes for MTA staff, we've made this for other for housing staff. And part of me says, well, then everyone should be treated the same. So that supports what the what, what, what the senator is proposing. And then the other question that I always have to go back to, and this is because I ran a business for 30 years, I ran a city for 13 years. It's great to say you're gonna do something. The question you always have to ask yourself is, is it gonna be effective? And I don't know, Nothing has demonstrated that it is. So that's that's the challenge we have. I've been around for a while. There are just people who are really bad, and there are people who are living in bad situations that need guidance. So we got to be able to discern through that. Our system, our core system, has always tried to be sensitive to that. I think it still is, and that's fine too. But we got to stop the insanity. Well. I, I'll be watching closely if it gets signed, and you said it has to be signed the day after Thanksgiving. So we'll see where it goes, and I, I'm wishing it well. I, you've done a lot of hard work and good work on it, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Christine. You have a great weekend, okay? Thanks, Assembly McDonald, and have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching. This is Christine Russo.